Psalm 127, I'll be reading the whole song. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who built it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit, of the, loom, the fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. As we sing about the great faithfulness of God, Surely all of us can realize the ways that we have failed in our faithfulness. When we look at the Bible, James chapter 1 tells us it's us looking into a mirror. The Bible says in James chapter 1, one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this one shall be blessed in what he does. Brothers and sisters, surely we can see that there is faithfulness and there's areas of faithfulness in our lives that need to be improved upon. This evening, we are taking a look especially at faithfulness in parenting. And I understand that this lesson, it may not apply to some people. And it may be that you're looking at me and saying, Andy, you know, our parenting years were years and years and years ago. And maybe it is that you're still single and you don't have any children. You say, how in the world can I be an effective parent and how in the world is this lesson going to apply to me? I'm going to tell you a couple of things. Number one, the older I get and the more preaching experience I get, the more I have lessons like this where I have older people that come to me afterwards and say something to the effect of, you know, Andy, I wish I'd had somebody say those things to me when I still had kids in the home. There are some that will say, you know, Andy, I wish I'd paid closer attention when it was that I had those children at home and now my children are gone away and, and now my children have families of their own. I wish that I could have gone back and maybe implemented some of those things that we're talking about from God's word so that I can say I've been faithful with the charge I've been given. Children are a heritage from the Lord, Psalm 127. Children are a blessing from God. And as we talk about our faithfulness in this area, especially as parents and as uh, grandparents, certainly, the problem is, is that sometimes these things might fall by the wayside because of the busyness of our lives. How many of you don't think that our lives have increased exponentially as far as pace goes just in the last 40, 50 years? About from the time where we all sat down together at a dinner table and had time together to spend as a family together. And now it is we're going from one activity from sun, more, uh, sun up until sunset and we never stop to ask ourselves the question and stop and look into God's word and say, is this the type of things that we're supposed to be instilling into our children? Is this the ways that we're training them and showing them the faithfulness of the father by how father and mother behave? We don't necessarily notice areas of sin in our own lives. We don't necessarily stop and say, you know, is there something I've done wrong that I need to ask for forgiveness from? 
We don't notice areas of laziness that need to be replaced by areas of diligence. We don't uh, pray for direction the way that we ought to. There's an old adage that I have kind of adopted as my own. It says, if we aim at nothing, we're sure to hit it. And again, this is not for just for parents. If it is that you don't think this lesson applies to you, well, every time I say for our children or for my child or something like that, just eliminate that phrase and ask that question honestly of yourselves. Have I shown love to my child? Could I ask the question of even if I don't have children at home, have I shown love? Have I been a loving person? Have I been a loving servant of the Lord? What do I see when I look in the mirror of God's word? What does God say that our families need more than anything as parents? Five words for you this evening and several questions to contemplate. Number one, God says that our families need more than anything love. One more slide, Daniel. One more slide. Our families need love more than anything. First John chapter 4, verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. As Paul described to the Thessalonians about the way that he was among them and the way that he cared for them, he used two illustrations in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and he talked about as a nurturing mother cares for her child. Can you imagine a mother holding that child? I got to watch uh, Sarah Savedra this morning uh, holding her baby girl and just holding on to that child and just rocking it and, and caring for that child, nurturing. And then he would go on in the second illustration, he would talk about in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 2, verse 11, how it was that he charged and how he exhorted and how he comforted the Thessalonian church. And he would say, as a father does his children. Several questions for us to consider this evening. Have I spoken words of love and blessing in my home to my children? Sometimes we can get so caught up in, all right, son, do this. You got to do this. Do it faithfully. Do it this. All right, now don't do that. No, no, no. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. And by the end of the day, all we've done is give the child a list of do's and don'ts. When was the last time we stopped and asked the question? You can even plug in your spouse. Have I told you lately how special you are to me? Have I told you how much I value you and how much I care about you? Have I told you how much daddy loves you? Oh, to the moon and back. To the bed, bath, and beyond, I tell my children. We love our children. And sometimes we just assume, like our spouses, like others, that they just somehow know. Have we spoken love, words of love and blessing? Have we shown love with our actions? Loving means what we give our children. Loving means what we don't give our children. You know what, son? I love you too much to let you eat that third bowl of ice cream. You know, son, I love you too much to let you talk to your mother that way. Have we told our children or shown our children love by our actions? Have we exercised the golden rule with our children? Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. You know, I want people to be patient with me. And sometimes it is after it is that uh, it's been a long day and you're worn down at the very end of the day and, and the kids are still running around and bouncing off the walls and, and they won't uh, necessarily do what, they, what you say immediately. Well, you know what? Maybe time for dad to take a deep breath and say, these times are going to be gone soon. These times are passing faster than maybe I want them to. Have I exercised patience and care and concern, long-suffering with our children? Because I'd like somebody to do that with me. Am I a loving and cheerful servant to my family? You know, we can hide who we are from the people at church. 
We can hide who we are from our co-workers. We can hide who we are from our acquaintances and from the people that we go and, uh, and maybe go to coffee with. You know what? You can't hide who you are from the people at home. They're the ones that see you as you truly are. And the question we ask in de demonstrating love, am I a loving and am I a cheerful servant to my family? When there's a job that needs to be done, I'm going to wash feet just like Jesus did. God says our families more than anything else need love. Number two, God says our families more than anything need our prayers. God says our families need our prayers. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Absolutely, that applies also in our families. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. That dependency of, of being sheep that we talked about this morning and depending upon the shepherd and lifting up our prayers and saying, This is how much I trust you, God. I'm going to give this to you no matter how small, no matter how insignificant in my life. I'm going to cast all my care upon him. When we talk about prayer in our families, if I prayed for wisdom, it's my role of, as a parent. As important, have I let my children hear daddy and mommy pray for wisdom as parents? You know, I don't have it all figured out, and I would imagine that neither do you. I don't necessarily understand everything, especially as you, you think you got one stage completely figured out and all of a sudden the kids move again, you know, and they, they, they grow and they mature and uh, they're now thinking in a different way. And you know what? I need wisdom in those situations and lifting up prayers and saying, God, I need help in parenting these children and helping with my wife and I, Solomon had the opportunity to pray for whatever it was he wanted. Something that was going to bless not only himself and his family, but also for uh, the entire nation of Israel. You remember what Solomon said? He said, Lord, I'm just a little child. I don't have, know how to go in or come out. And he said in 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 7, I need wisdom. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, Solomon would write later, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Have I prayed for wisdom in my role as a parent? Have I prayed for my child? Not just for their comfort. Not for their comfort, but more for their godliness. You see, we ought to want our children more than anything else to grow in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men, Luke 2.52. And how it is that we pray for them. How often do we pray for their future spouses? God, I know that if I'm allowed to have those three precious children in my life one day, and that it is that they're going to grow up and they're going to become of marrying age. And God, I want them to pick... When I grow up, I'm going to marry a faithful Christian. I know they're going to pick somebody somewhere in the world. There's somebody that's growing up at this time, if the Lord wills, that they're going to marry. God, bless them. Bless them in their character. Bless them and their parents. As their parents try and raise them, Father, may they raise them with godly morals and characteristics so it may be that they can be a couple that honors you with everything they say and do. Do we pray for our children? Have we led our children to prayer or to, to the Lord in prayer? Have we led our children to the Lord in prayer? Son, I know that child was mean to you at school. Son, I know that you're disappointed. Son, I know things didn't go exactly your way, that you didn't, get the, uh, that you didn't make the basketball team. You know what? Let's cast that upon the Lord. Let's tell the Lord about our disappointments. Let's talk to him about it. Let's lift this up and I know that you'll feel better. 
I know that the Lord will help. Let's take that to God and say, help me or thank you. What are you doing? You're training your children to practice Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing but at everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Number three, what do our children need more than anything? What do our families need more than anything? They need instruction. Instruction. One of the last things Moses said to the people before they went into the promised land and he died on Mount Nebo. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 7, talking about the word of the Lord. And he said, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them. That is the commandments of the Lord. You shall talk about them whenever you sit in your house or while you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. He said, they're supposed to be as, as uh, written on your doorpost and as frontlets between your eyes. I don't want you to forget the word of God. And I want to make sure that you are diligent in teaching your children the word of God. So I ask myself the question. Have I read and have I explained the word of the Lord to my children? When our kids come to us and say, Dad, Mom, why is it that we take the Lord's Supper every Sunday? Mom, Dad, why is it that we don't worship with mechanical, man-made instruments of music? Mom, Dad, why is it that we talk so much about forgiveness? Mom, Dad, why is it that we meet together every first day of the week? Son, that's an excellent question. Honey, that's an excellent question. Let me show you from the book of Acts. Let me show you the example of the early church. Let's talk about the nature of the church as God established it. Let's look at these things together because I want you to be able to see it in black and white for yourself. I don't want you to take daddy's word for it. I don't want you to take mommy's word for it. I want you to be able to understand that we're just trying to do what the Bible says. Instruction. Is God and his word my standard in teaching and training? When... We have to give discipline to our children and talk to them about what's wrong and what's right and talk to them about punishment. Is the word of God the standard for why it is that I do what I do? Have I directed my child to God's word needing counsel? Psalm 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know, I just don't know the answer to that question. I tell you what. Let's sit down this evening once we get all done with uh, school and everything. And after supper, you and I will sit down. And we'll see if we can find that an answer to that. A principle from God's word that's going to help us in this difficult situation that you're facing, son, daughter. Have I directed my child to God's word in sinful attitudes and actions? <laughs> Sometimes we can get so caught up in just pointing out the wrongdoing. Son, we don't use language like that in our house. Son, we just don't talk like that. No child of mine is going to use that language. No child of mine is going to lie. You know what? That may be a great reason. And what a better reason is, is, you know what, son, the Bible says that you're not supposed to let any filthy language come out of your mouth. You know, son, the Bible says, Ephesians chapter 4, that we shouldn't lie to one another since we put off that old man. You know what? We want, we're going to tell the truth in this house. We're going to be people that grow in integrity and people that, that look to the Lord. And, and we want to be people that our lives can be lived as open books. We don't want to be deceptive in our dealings with other people. We need to be people who are about instruction with our children, with our grandchildren, with each other. Number four, provision. Provision. Proverbs 13, verse 22. Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. First Timothy chapter five, verse eight, and speaking about widows and taking care of them. And uh, what uh, Paul would say there in first Timothy five, he would say, if anybody doesn't provide for his own, especially for his own household, he's denied the faith and he's worse than an unbeliever. 
You know what? It's not just about the physical. It's not just about taking care and making sure my kids have a bed to sleep in or make sure that they have food on the table. What we're also talking about is their emotional well-being. They're talking about their spiritual well-being. Have I met those needs? Have I encouraged them in those respects to talk about the, the feelings and attitudes and things that go into those? Or is it just that we throw the food on the table and we don't have any kind of human contact with our spouse, with our children? You know, our children are such sweet people that we'll have for such a short time. And as they leave out of our houses, and as they look back and see the type of environment they had growing up and the way it was that mom and dad behaved, and about the openness that mom and dad shared, those things are going to make an impact upon them and the ways that they establish their own households, and the way it is that they're going to uh, teach their children, the way those children uh, establish their own households. As uh, God would talk to Moses back in the Old Testament, he would talk about the fact that uh, God uh, would allow the third and fourth generation to suffer for the sins of the father. He's not talking about original sin. He's not talking about a sin that's passed down. He's talking about a habit of the way people conduct themselves that's going to affect itself in family patterns. And we look at our lives and we see the things. And as we reflect upon God's word, am I taking care of my children? Not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually. Last one. Talking about example. What do my children need more than anything else? They need to see somebody that's committed. As Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 talks about, be imitators of God as dear children. Speaking to Christians. But then recognizing Paul marries that also by his own writings in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That is, I have a responsibility to be followers of God as dear children. I am a child of God. I have a responsibility to follow God in that respect. But imitate me as I imitate Christ ought to be said of your life and my life. Can I look at me and say, you ought to follow me because I'm faithfully trying to follow Jesus. That's not a pompous statement. That's a statement of reality. Yes, I am going to make mistakes. Yes, I am going to fail. But I'm going to get back up and I'm going to continue looking to my Lord for the way that I behave as a parent, as a father, as a husband, as a Christian, as as a man walking here on the earth in the steps of Jesus, can my child look at my life as a worthy example to emulate? There's a lot of things that are said at funerals. There's a lot of ways that people talk about the deceased and the departed. And sometimes you'll hear the kids come up and give tributes and say, well, my dad always had a joke. He always had one of those, those corny dad jokes. You know, on his, on my, my kids got me a thing, a, a dad jokes for Christmas. And so I wake up and I tell them the dad joke of the day. But they'll say we laughed a lot. I could always count on the fact that dad was going to be laughing or mom was going to be laughing. I could always count on the fact that she was going to be there whenever it was that I needed her. That's great. And I hope it is that we laugh a lot as families and that we have parents that we can depend upon. Brothers and sisters, what I want my kids to remember about me more than anything else is that he was fully following the Lord. That he was wholly dedicated to trying to look like Jesus. It leaves room for my imperfections. 
It leaves room for the ways that I fail in that attitude and patience and words and, and actions. And yes, it is. As long as we're here in the flesh, we're going to let people down. But having somebody say at your funeral, I know he followed the Lord holy. He helped me walk closer to the Lord than what I was previously. Can my child look to my life as a worthy example to emulate? You know what a sad irony is? A lot of kids, when they live in their household, they resent something about dad or mom. Teenagers hope you're paying attention. They look at something dad and mom is doing, and maybe the way dad treats mom is sometimes the way mom treats dad, or sometimes it is just failings of the parent. And you can get to focusing on those things and holding your parents in judgment and looking at your parents and just saying, oh, he doesn't have the sense God gave a goose. And you'll leave out of your home and you say, you know what, I'm never going to be like dad. I'm never going to be like mom. When I have my own home, I'm never going to do that. You know what the irony of the situation is? You take that kind of attitude and you're going to end up exactly like them. The goal is not to not look like mom or dad. The goal is to say, you know what? I love my mom and dad. I appreciate them so much but I'm going to look to Jesus and I'm going to let him shape my thoughts. I'm going to let him shape my character. I'm going to let him affect my words. I'm going to let him affect my actions. And you know what? Your life is going to be, no matter how awful of a home life you grew up in, your life is going to be something that glorifies God and encourages and helps other people. That's the truth of the matter. Does my love for Jesus affect every single area of my life? One man said, our children are ours for a short time so they can be his forever. And as we've taken a look this evening briefly into God's word, we can absolutely sing just like we did a little while ago with Scott. Great is thy faithfulness. But we can also look at ourselves and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And we know that he will be. And we know that there is grace for when we need it, for when we fail as parents. There's an opportunity that we can get up and we can go to our children and say, you know what, mom, dad, they make mistakes. We make mistakes. I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry I treated you like that. Will you forgive me? And you know what? We've expressed to them the truth of what, how it is that we're all trying to conduct ourselves. We have a responsibility, parents, grandparents, Christians, to live godly in Christ Jesus. And yes, we do fail, but yes, we have a high calling, and we have a responsibility to commit to our families, to commit to one another, love, prayer, instruction, example, all of these things we've just talked about, provision. I hope this message, this lesson has encouraged you. Maybe it is you realize that you haven't been living the way that you ought to. Maybe you realize there's failures in your life, and you know what? We all have that. But you know what? We have a faithful Father. We have a loving, forgiving Father. And if it is that you need to ask for forgiveness, we're going to offer an invitation. And if it is that you need prayers of the congregation, we'd love to pray with you and for you about those things. If you need encouragement, if you need help, again, that's why we're here to extend that help and that encouragement to you. Maybe it is this evening you've recognized the power of the gospel to transform lives.
and you're ready to obey that gospel, we can assist you with that. God bless you this week. Let's stand and sing our invitation song.